So in this episode of Yeeting Through Literature, we will actually not be discussing literature for once. Today, instead, we will be discussing an adjacent topic, um, in that it is not so much about reading, but about writing. In this episode, we will be discussing first-year composition courses, and specifically, we will be discussing barriers to good writing that do not involve writing skills at all. In this podcast, we will be going over three different types of students who may struggle in your first-year composition class and ways that you can help them overcome their struggles. Now, these students aren't struggling in the traditional sense of they're not the best writers, per se, or they weren't taught correctly before. Their struggles are completely unrelated to their writing skills. So this is a very unique issue in regards to how to better your class for students who may not be doing well. So in a moment, we'll start with the first kind of student and we will go on to the next few after. So every first year composition teacher is faced with a variety of students who are struggling in the class for a variety of different reasons, but most of which revolve around an absence of writing skills or time management skills, both of which are probably very common. The lack of writing skills, although rarely the student's fault, tends to be one of the more challenging ones to overcome. But then again, this is part of the purpose of first year composition is teaching those students who haven't quite grasped what academic writing means to write in an academic setting. And then there's the students with just general poor time management. This usually just takes time to overcome. However, there are three types of students I find that also struggle and these students aren't necessarily struggling due to their own fault or due to the common issue of simply not quite being where they need to be in regard to writing. The first type of student is the anxious student. This is the student that, you know, at the beginning of their first year composition courses, they'll make sure to mention that they're not the best type of writer, you know, they don't know what they're doing, they're probably going to fail the class. Essentially, they come off as a Debbie Downer in the beginning. Later on in the semester, you know, until they get their footing at least, you'll probably get a lot of emails from them. They will either turn things in super duper early just so they don't have to look at it anymore because they don't want to have to worry about it. Or they will turn things in late because they will not stop revising. The next student is the busy student. Um, and this is not the student that has overloaded themselves, you know, out of just for no reason, because that does happen when students try to do too much. This is the student that basically is on their own. They went off to college. They aren't getting any support from anywhere else. So not only are they doing college, they are forced to work to support themselves completely. Um, these are the students that will always, almost always email you, you know, being like, I'm very sorry, this is late, you know, I'm working night shifts or I'm working full time. I didn't get it in. Will you still accept it? 
or the students that are always last minute and their explanation usually revolves around the 30 other things that they have to do in life. And of course, a lot of people don't believe that this is a legitimate excuse, but, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, school is a part of a student's life. It may not always be number one, especially for students that they are essentially taking care of themselves 100%. And then we have the student with executive dysfunction. Now, this student, due to no issue, you know, they they particularly want to have, can't seem to get it together. Perhaps they've been diagnosed with something such as ADHD, and they already have some accommodations. Perhaps it could be trauma-related or depression-related or something else that isn't generally within the realm of disabilities that we consider as teachers. Um, These are the kids that they, you know, sometimes... You'll get an email, I'm very sorry, I know I missed however many, you know, participation assignments this semester. Can I please make them up? What can I do to make them up? And they're the students that go from, you don't hear from them at all, to they'll frantically care about their grades. And then you won't hear about them at all for a little while longer, and then they frantically suddenly care about their grades. Um, This was also the kind of student I was in college in general, because I, you know... I would procrastinate and I couldn't understand why and I didn't know what was going on with myself but I wouldn't care I wouldn't care I wouldn't care and then I'd care a lot and then I wouldn't care and then I wouldn't care and then I'd care a lot and um as it turns out it was due to um ADHD which I was not diagnosed with until college um and a couple of other issues but essentially these three types of students are the main ones you will see that they, some of them don't struggle academically. Their writing is really, really good. But overall, they will struggle to do the class the way it is intended to be done. They will struggle to get everything in on time and function in a manner that isn't stressful to them and to you as a teacher. Um, in our next segment, we will go over ways I found that tends to help these three students. Um in their specific needs in first-year composition. So every professor knows the anxious student. A lot of the times they end up being, you know, any teacher's favorite just because they actually show that they care a lot about their grades and what they're learning but that doesn't always make their journey to learning much easier. Caring is only one step, and caring too much can actually do more harm than good. Um, I've had a few anxious students over the past two semesters teaching first-year composition, and I've noticed a couple of things that that tend to help. First of all, The anxious student's going to be most panicked at the beginning of the semester if they've never had you as an instructor before. Expectations, although sometimes are clearly spelled out on the syllabus, they often aren't quite sure of if the professor's manner of teaching and being will fit the description as given by the syllabus. So while a good syllabus with clearly explained directions 
and expectations can help a lot, which is my first recommendation for any instructor. Um, these students need a little bit more. I find that the first step is if you notice a student being overly anxious, extend a hand and ask if they would like to meet with you either in person or over Zoom or over a call. Um, meeting you on a personal level can take away a lot of the anxiety. It shows that yes, you are the person that wrote this syllabus. Your personality matches that and that you do care and that you, you do are willing to meet with them in order to have, make sure their needs as a student are met. Usually, if unless the student has issues with writing itself, it only takes one meeting. Sometimes it may take one or two, but I find that these tend to lessen throughout the semester. If they're good writers, they don't request it as often. Um, a lot of the times what they'll do instead, especially if you make sure they know it's okay, is just email you if they have a question. If they feel comfortable coming to you and you make it known that it is more than acceptable to shoot you a quick email if they're unsure, they calm down a lot and then soon you don't hear from them nearly as often and they usually do fine. What also helps with this is extra praise for good writing. For these students, you want to make sure they know that they are not bad writers. So when they do well, make it known that they're doing really well. Point out specific things you liked about their papers so they don't feel like it's just a generic, oh, good job. Yeah, just like everyone else. You want to build their confidence so in the future in their writing, hopefully they won't be as anxious. So these things generally help an anxious student feel more comfortable. And I find that after a semester of implementing these ideas with an anxious student, they tend to be a lot less anxious about their writing at least. They probably will always have a bit of anxiety in their other courses, but that this way they leave first year composition feeling as if they know what they're doing. And as if writing will be one of the things they can cross off of their list of things to worry about in their next semesters of college. Alright, the next type of student is the busy student. This is not the student that has taken God knows how many hours of schoolwork for no reason. It's not the student that is in too many extracurriculars to make time for class. This is the student that, for some reason, mom and dad aren't really helping them at all. They're on their own. Um, they're being forced to work full-time in order to pay their way through college and life in general. Maybe they aren't getting financial aid. Maybe the financial aid isn't enough. The point is, these are people who are in... They are fully adults with minimal aid from other sources, and thus they are living a full adult life on top of going to school. In these instances, you cannot expect their first priority to be making a perfect grade and being the perfect student in your course. The first thing you have to do to help these students is put the expectation that they are capable of being model students if they just try hard enough out of your mind. At this point, you shouldn't be expecting them to be perfect students, but you also shouldn't be looking down on them as if, oh no, they can't do it. It's a matter of being understanding, 
because they might be able to be perfect students, but other areas of their lives will suffer. For students like this, the best thing you can do is give a little extra cushion room in your class while still maintaining similar expectations. So what I like to do, you know, is usually if a student I notice is exhibiting signs that they are potentially in this situation, such as turning things in crazy late at night or late and apologizing and talking about work, I like to get to know what's going on a little better. I've had a student um, before that was working full-time overnight shift at Lowe's while going to college because he had to pay for everything himself. His parents were not able to help him. And in these instances, the line of communication was letting them know, hey, if you need an extension because you have a crazy shift this week and you just know you're not going to be able to do something, please contact me when you get your schedule and I, I, we can work something out. This helps by, you know, instead of having to give that super late last minute extension, you have a pre-agreed upon time when the student will be turning it in, you know, it helps them stress less and more often than not, they manage to find time for it anyway and turn it in early. Um, if you aren't a fan of extensions, because not all instructors are, another thing that helps is just to take their mind off of something by making things due on, at generally the same time each week. If you do regular participation grades, make them due at the same day, same time, every single week. Same thing with major grades. If you could do like, if you could space it out to where you have one every two weeks on Friday due at midnight or something like that. They At least they will generally know what it is. They're not constantly panicking about the next due date. It makes it easier for them to get it in their head and find time for it alongside their busy schedule. If you do have a student that is, you know, really struggling with it as well, it doesn't hurt to reach out. Um... A lot of the times with busy students, even, busy students can easily turn into anxious students. Well, where they'll wonder if they can do it, if their writing is good enough to be able to pull off having a full-time job while taking composition class or being in college altogether. So once again, reassurance is also important with the busy student, although it is not always as important as with the anxious student. The student with executive dysfunction. These are the kids that, you know, in elementary school, they probably showed up to class with their homework half done, just shoved in their bag, not in a folder. They probably still had part of their breakfast stuck to their face. And they were brilliant kids, came from pretty normal households most of the time. And for some reason, they just looked like they were in a constant state of being everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Uh, at least that's how I would describe my childhood. But executive dysfunction. Essentially, for some reason, you cannot regulate yourself as a normal human would. You can sit there with the intention to do something and not complete it at all. You can't force yourself and you don't know why. You know, you as the person with it 
are frustrated and it often frustrates your instructors as well. So there are two ways to go about dealing with students with executive dysfunction. And one is basically to, it takes a little bit more time and effort, but do regular check-ins with students. Um, The teacher who runs the first year composition program at the school that I did my assistantship where I taught first year comp, he did this with us and honestly it helped me a lot even though I turned them in late sometimes. Email check-ins or journal check-ins really help. Um, Sometimes students really just need a very simple, easy excitement where they can express what's going on in their lives to get themselves started doing work. It honestly helps jumpstart me doing work when all I have to do to start is write an email and talk about what's been going on in my life and my teaching. Things like that can really jumpstart those easy assignments those what I call low pressure assignments other examples of this are short journal entries about topics that are pretty fun sometimes all students with executive dysfunction need to get started on their work are simple things like that Uh, I prefer journal pages over emails just because the journal page is usually already on the Moodle so then the kids just have to scroll down a little bit more to get to their next assignment if they find that it has woken up their brain enough and got them on a roll to want to do more work. Um, And in general, student check-ins can also mean if you notice a student falling behind to email them. Not everyone has time for that, especially if you are teaching God knows how many classes. Um, But I've had a few professors do it for me, and I've done it for a few students, and it definitely makes you realize that, you know, People care, and it it is time you get some work done. Uh, Sometimes just having that little reminder can get you started. And also for students with executive dysfunction, for teachers that are a little bit less on the let's try to do, you know, the personable thing or the more intimate let me check in on you There's also a matter of breaking things up into small assignments and making them do. Some teachers do the rough draft and the, uh, like, oh, submit your pre-writing on this date for participation points. Submit your rough draft on this date for participation points. Things like that. Um, that definitely could help. It definitely takes the load off. It kind of spaces it out and schedules it in for the student. However, um, this will not help all students with executive dysfunction, and I caution against it for that reason. Um, It's very easy for them to forget the the small deadlines, and it will discourage some students. They'll see they missed however many, and then they won't want to do anything at all. So use this trick with caution, and definitely you know, consider the circumstances before doing it. But it does help in some cases when they really just need help with scheduling out their lives. Overall, 
you know, each student is an individual. Some of these tips may work really well for some students and not others, even though they fit into the same category. This is all from trial and error from teaching first year composition for two semesters, as well as teaching high school for and middle school for a bit. Um, I've used some of these techniques on my students there as well. In general, the main thing to remember with students is to use compassion when you can. Um, this doesn't mean to be too lenient. This doesn't mean to not be yourself, to be overly giving or, you know, let the students walk all over you. This just means, you know, remember that everyone is a human with struggles and take their individual struggles into consideration just as you would want somebody to do for you as well. Or if you don't have time to care about their individual struggles, set up the class in a way that it will accommodate the general struggles that students face every day. You know, poor writing skills and poor time management alone do make up a majority of cases of students that are struggling in first-year composition courses, but a lot of issues go beyond that. Even students with those issues often have one of these issues mentioned compounding um, their problems with the course, and I found that a lot of students in the categories I mentioned tend to become discouraged a lot quicker than the students who are struggling because of poor writing skills or poor time management. As somebody who, you know, was once in a sorority, for example, a lot of the students who were the anxious students were the ones who were dropping their courses. A lot of the busy students were ones that found themselves struggling to maintain their averages. And as the student with executive dysfunction, I can promise you that never makes class easier. Don't forget about these students when figuring out how you want to run your classroom. Even though they may be good writers underneath it all, that doesn't change their struggle and that they will be part of the demographic that may have a harder time with your class than average. This is Aaron Greed. This is Eating Through Literature, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, even though it isn't on my usual topics. Um, I hope if you're a first-year composition teacher, you can empathize with the three types of students I mentioned today, and you can understand the message I'm trying to get across. I hope this helps you in your own classroom. And if you are a first-year composition teacher, I've hoped you've learned a little bit about being a student today. And, you know, if you ever decide to become a teacher... Please be empathetic and think about these things, whatever you are planning for your class. I'm signing off for the night. Good night, everybody.